Welcome to journeywithjesus.net, a weekly webzine for the global church. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin. Our essay this week is called Poetry from Prison, Advent Waiting. It's based upon the lectionary readings for Sunday, December 10th, 2017, the second Sunday in Advent. Over the four weeks of Advent, we're featuring writing by the inmates of the Santa Clara County Jail. Chaplain Liz Milner, who has previously written a guest essay for Journey with Jesus, works with both men and women inmates there. Over the past month, she and other volunteers have worked with the inmates in writing workshops to reflect on themes of hope, waiting, and freedom. These are all issues that the inmates have a lot to say about and a lot to teach us about. As Mary sings in the Magnificat, He has lifted up the lonely. This Advent, we lift their words up to you to illuminate and reflect on this beautiful season. To begin with, from this week's lectionary, two scriptures, 2 Peter 3, 13 and 14. But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish. And then the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. To introduce our poetry from prison this week, Liz Milner offers this short reflection. Advent is a time of waiting. Children wait with anticipation for the gifts around the Christmas tree. Parents wait for their grown children to come home. Hardworking teachers wait for the winter break, and so on. And inmates in the county jail wait. Wait for what? When the trimmings are stripped away from Christmas and the holiday season, what do we find worth waiting for? Is there more than gifts, candy, big dinners, and time off from work? The lectionary readings this week imply that we are waiting for something, someone, profound and holy. They urge us to anticipate with excitement, with hope, and while we wait, to prepare, not our homes so much, but our hearts. Working in the jail has been a gift because it places in front of me each day men and women who are waiting for deeply sacred gifts, like healing, freedom, restoration, transformation, and love. These children of God challenge my all-too-often frivolous anticipations and show me that this season of Advent holds a deeper gift if I can only pause to look more closely. The inmates I work with have an abundance of something that we outside the jail often lack. Time. Too much time with nothing to do no holiday busyness to distract, and few resources at their disposal. For many, this leads to anxiety and depression. For some, it forces a self-reflection and God-search that can be profound. And so, I encourage you, impossible though it might seem, to learn from them and carve out spaces of nothingness in this busy month, and see, as you sit with yourself and nothing else, what arises in your waiting. The following poems 
are by the men and women in the jail. They reflect on what they are waiting for as they serve time. The first poem is by D. I am waiting for freedom. I am waiting for a really big slurpee. I am waiting for myself to see. I am waiting for love ever after. I am waiting for a better time. I am waiting for the day I meet God. I am waiting on waiting. The second poem is by E. I am waiting for hope to shed some light. I am waiting for God to stop saying, not yet. I am waiting for the light to get a little brighter. I am waiting for the new me to be fully out. I am waiting for my wife to say we will fulfill our vows. I am waiting for my chance to show God I'm ready. The third poem is by A. I am waiting for when I get back to friends and family. I am waiting for getting back to being productive and beneficial accomplishments. I am waiting for getting back to my trade and applying my skills for myself and others. I am waiting for yet another nightmare to end. And now a poem by S. I am waiting for life to begin. I am waiting for a new plan. I am waiting for you to teach me. I am waiting for the rain to pass. I am waiting for my first kiss. I am waiting for my first friend. I am waiting for you to free me. I am waiting for my own words. I am waiting for my own tears. I am waiting for my laughter. I am waiting for you to love me. And finally, a short sentiment by E. Waiting for your release date is like waiting for the day you were born, except this time it's back into freedom. And a final conclusion by Liz. What are you waiting for in life? How are you waiting? With hope? These men and women are waiting, quite literally, for freedom and life to begin again. Their honesty and hope shines through, and in my experience allows the waiting to become an inherently transformative experience rather than just a holding pattern. May their words be a comfort and inspiration to you in your own waiting. For books this week, I review a memoir by Richard Ford. It's called Between Them, Remembering My Parents. New York, Echo, 2017. This book is 179 pages long. In an age when so many memoirs rely upon a narrative of human wreckage, Richard Ford's affectionate memoir about his parents is a blast of fresh air. 
It's actually two separate pieces that were written 30 years apart. In the first one, Gone, Remembering My Father, it was re written recently, over 50 years after his father died from a second heart attack at the age of 55, when Ford back then was only 16. The second one, My Mother, In Memory, was written soon after she died in 1981. Both of Richard Ford's parents were from rural Arkansas. Their lives were unremarkable and uneventful, except for the normal slings and arrows of life. So, this is a story of the sacred ordinary, except for the improbability of a famous writer emerging from such a pedestrian background. Ford's father, Parker, dropped out of school after the seventh grade, and spent his shortened life as a traveling salesman selling laundry starch for the Faultless Starch Company, which had but one product. He left Monday mornings and returned on Friday nights, covering his seven southern states in the so-called company car. His mother, Edna, seven years younger than Parker, traveled with her husband on the road for the 15 years that they were alone together before the author was born. Thus the double entendre of the book title. Ford tries to understand the deeply devoted love that his parents shared, a life without him for 15 years, and then the tragic loss his mother experienced after Parker died so young. In addition, Ford recognizes that, as an only child, he also came between that special love that his parents enjoyed. Even though his father's presence was very much an absence, gone every week and all week, this is a story of deep affection. He writes, they loved each other and would love me. Love would be presence enough. We would be happy, and in that way, a way I think of as good, up to the very moment I write this, in that way my life began, and its lasting patterns became set. This was a childhood that Ford remembers as blissful. As for his mother, he writes, Love, which is never typical, sheltered everything. We expected it to be reliable, and it was. Richard Ford, born in 1944, is best known for his four novels that are all based upon the protagonist, Frank Bascone. The Sports Writer, 1986, Independence Day, 1995, which was the first novel ever to win both the Penn Faulkner Award and the Pulitzer Prize in the same year, then The Lay of the Land, 2006, and finally Let Me Be Frank With You, 2014. A memoir by Richard Ford about his parents. It's called Between Them, New York, Echo, 2017. For movies this week, we go to Cambodia, in a title, First They Killed My Father, from the year 2017. This historical drama follows the fate of a five-year-old girl named Lung Ung, 
during the Cambodian genocide under Pol Pot's Khmer Rouge from 1975 to 1979 that killed upwards of 3 million people out of a population of 7 million. Angelina Jolie directed the film and co-wrote the script with Oon, based upon the latter's memoir of the same title. The new movie debuted at the Telluride and Toronto Film Festivals and was Cambodia's entry for Best Foreign Film. The story opens with the evacuation of Phnom Penh and a long march to a re-education camp where people are given new haircuts, new clothes, and a new family. Angar, that is the Communist Party, is now your mother and father. Angar always knows what's best for you. Angkar is your all-powerful savior and liberator. Like millions of other citizens at that time, the Khmer Rouge forced Oum to become a child soldier and sent her siblings to labor camps. The film is in the Khmer language with English subtitles and available for streaming at Netflix. For two other films on the Cambodian genocide, see the 1984 movie the Killing Fields, and then Enemies of the People, 2009. Once again, a movie by Angelina Jolie from Cambodia. It's called First They Killed My Father. In Advent Poetry this week by none other than John Donne, who lived from 1572 to 1631. It's called Annunciation. Salvation to all that will is nigh, that all which always is all everywhere, which cannot sin, and yet all sins must bear, which cannot die, yet cannot choose but die. Lo, faithful virgin, yields himself to lie in prison in thy womb, and though he there can take no sin, nor thou give, yet he will wear taken from thence flesh, which death's force may try. Ere by the spears time was created, thou wast in his mind, who is thy son and brother, whom thou conceivest, conceived. Yea, thou art now thy maker's maker, and thy father's mother. Thou hast light in dark, and shuttest in little room, immensity cloistered in thy dear womb. The Annunciation by John Donne. And of course, it's available at our poetry archive along with a number of other Advent poems. Thank you for joining us at journeywithjesus.net for Sunday, December 10th, 2017, the second Sunday in Advent. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin.